This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Glam Mirror. Hi, I'm Dr. Tabitha Samir, and you are joining me for Glam Mirror. I am a cosmetic dermatologist here to uplift, inspire, educate, and talk about all things beauty from the skin to the soul. This is Glam Mirror. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Glam Mirror. And today I have one of my favorite housewives of all time, Dolores Cantina from the Housewives of New Jersey. Welcome. Welcome. Hi. How are you? I'm fabulous. Um, I understand before we started, you had some issues with your car service. So we're going to be doing this via the phone, but we'll make up for it. Oh my God. I I give everything 100%. So I'm totally, totally out of whack now that I didn't make it to where I was supposed to be today. Well, we're going to get you back in whack because we have a lot of fun things to talk about. Um, First of all, congrats. Episode, sorry, season one is done. How's it feel? Season one is done. Your first season. Yeah. I miss it. My first season. My season one. Yeah, your Uh, season one. My full season one. Yes. Let's not forget. Yeah. There's some other seasons where I dip and dab. Yeah, you kind of came in and out as a friend. I was actually season Mm -hmm. one. I was in season one. But um, I I miss it. I really miss it. Really? I miss it. Yeah. I liked getting with my girls and being around in distress. There were a few times where. I didn't think I'd ever miss it, and I didn't think I'd ever want to show up to another, you know, another scene or do another thing. But, you know, I always did, and and it was better than it wasn't. You know, it it was so good for me from the beginning of the season till the end. It was a good journey for me. I grew a lot, and there was a, a camaraderie. That was really there. You know, you don't see everything. No. How can and you? They tape so much compared to how much they actually can they air. There's just time so frame. Time. Yeah. Well, here you go. You have three days. We were in Vermont. No, the spa. Let's talk about the spa. That was yeah. the time. Yeah. The spa was three days and they, what did they get? Two hours out of it? Yeah. I know. So there was a lot of stuff that was really not there. And I would have loved to. For people to see, they should make like, I feel like they should make something like a behind the scenes or lost footage or scenes. Those are people some of my favorites. Yeah, those are some because, of my favorites. Right. And you know why? Also, because people miss it when it's over. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of younger women, like adolescents and teens coming up to me saying, Wow, you know, I'm a fan of you and Siggy because everybody looks for that friendship. Yeah. Well, you guys go way back. I mean, you, like you mentioned earlier, you were on a lot of episodes as like the friend. You have been friends with Teresa and Jacqueline and Carolyn for a long time. Oh, oh, 20 years. Yeah. Um, I was pregnant for my daughter when me and Teresa, that was 21 years, 22 years ago. When me and Teresa were hanging out down the shore. I mean, and, you, and the thing about these TV, like for any television show, I feel like the ones that are successful, especially like New Jersey, it's because you guys have real relationships, whether it's family or friends. True. And you can't True. fake that on television. It's organic. Mm-hmm. And whenever somebody else comes in the mix mm-hmm. on the show and then they try to 
they, they don't really know the dynamics of everyone. Siggy, Siggy survived it. Mm-hmm. Siggy did. She got acclimated to knowing everyone. Mm-hmm. She had to get to know everybody's personality. It's not an easy thing to do. Right. To come but, into a group of women that have been friends and family for over 20 years. Oh, it's it's extremely difficult. But if anyone can do what she can, because she actually, and I think you as well, you guys were very fair and diplomatic with a Thank lot you. of the drama yes. that was going on. And that's a yes. hard thing. It's a hard thing to maintain your cool and you're, you know, you're calm when crazy things are happening. How did you well, do it? What can you teach how did we the rest it? of us well, about we have, how to do it? Well, this is the thing, and I and I say this. I my my mom taught me one thing. When my I come from five, and there's three girls and one boy. And whenever we got in an argument, and it wasn't much. My mm-hmm. mother never took a side. Yeah, no my mom didn't either. Get at her. And I would be like, you know, mom, what are you, you know, you can't talk? Mm-hmm. What's the matter? You don't know what to say. And I would get so angry and she would, I would get dead silence on the phone. Mm-hmm. She wouldn't say a word. And I learned that that's the best thing to do because now look, Tiki mm-hmm. and Jacqueline have reconciled. Mm-hmm. There was, there's personality traits that maybe they need to get to figure out with each other. Exactly. And which they have, they've overcome it. They're speaking. What if I took a side? Yeah. What if what if I took a side? Then what? It well, would have made them never come. Then there would have been a loyalty to. Well, I can't make up because Dolores stood up for me. Mm-hmm. And it, and you know, it's just it's better. It's also, fine. I mean, I learned that a long time ago because of girls and boys that I knew my friends who were dating people, they would come to me talking and, and a lot of us get this. They talk trash about the person they're dating, how awful they were and say the worst things right. about them. And then all of a sudden they're back together and I can't get out of my head everything that they had said about this other person. And if I had taken a side, then the ex or whoever they're back together with doesn't like then you ever again. <laughs> yeah. Who's your friend? You know, sometimes Mm -hmm. people need to vent Mm -hmm. and you don't have to store that in the little file. Like Mm -hmm. I'm going to screw you Mm -hmm. when me and you get in a fight and tell the person everything you said. That is so wrong to do. When, when somebody's venting to you, they're just bouncing something off. Let it go. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's over. They decided to move on with that person. Don't hold on to what they said to you. Just let it go. I actually think that's a great lesson to teach people because, you know, I have, for me, there's a difference between chatting about something and gossip. Like, if I don't want somebody's secrets out there, I don't tell it because it's just, I think that says more about me than somebody else. You know, if, if you tell Absolutely. me something. Absolutely. You have to stay true to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you guys did that. And it was tough. Like, I was watching was the reunion. So hard. Yeah. I was it watching. Was so hard. It was watching you guys on the reunion. And there were, you know, and, and the, the nature of the TV and the reality and Bravo and reunions is to kind of stir up the pot a little bit and I would see how you handled questions that were thrown at you that could have led you down a path of you know stirring right. some things up and I think you and Siggy I don't know if you guys like I, that's something you guys had in common did you know that about each other before you started like you have a lot of no. that diplomacy in common well both of our fathers are very diplomatic people mm-hmm. we were raised this way mm-hmm. so we were raised to you know it's also an empathy when you're speaking i'm not being calculated about what i'm saying mm-hmm. but i'm trying to say something in a way where it's palatable to the other person mm-hmm. so like i don't want to just come out and be like blah 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 i'm not looking for the spotlight i'm not worrying about what somebody's thinking about what i'm saying mm-hmm. i'm worrying about saying what's not going to hurt the other pe- person's feeling like right. 
You know, I'm not worried about what everybody else is thinking. And Siggy, I think that's the most thing we have in common. Yeah. Is Siggy, Siggy wants the best for everyone. I, I mean, what you see on TV, you, there's so much more behind the scenes mm-hmm. that you don't see with me and Siggy. I mean, you know, friends of mine passed away and I was upset about it. It was really, a, it was very sudden and it was actually my personal assistant. Mm, and, sorry. um, yes, thank you. And, and she, the next, like two days after that, she knew I'm like, that hit me hard. And right. she's like, you know what? Um, there's a car picking you up right now. We're going to Chicago. I'm on the Steve Harvey show and you're coming. Oh, that's fabulous. So there was a car outside my house. She goes, I'm not taking no for an answer. Get in the car. I have your ticket ready to go. That's so, that's great. That's a friend. That's a friend. Pushing you. One thing Siggy did for me, and the biggest thing that Siggy did for me is mm-hmm. she pushed me out of my comfort level. Mm-hmm. Now that's where her and I are different. Mm-hmm. I kind of think it's like kind of a Jewish thing. Like they're a little bit pushier than the Gentiles. Like, right. You know, they're like, come on, come on, come on. And I don't want to ever push somebody because I'm like, oh, maybe I'm, maybe I'm bothering them. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to be pushy. I yeah. don't want to show it in somebody's face. Mm-hmm. Diggy does it. Mm-hmm. Diggy actually does it. And then I was thankful that she did it. Right. Jacqueline got me to wear a tight dress that I hadn't worn in a long time. <laughs> you know. And you probably so, look fabulous. Did you feel great? Oh, I don't. <laughs> I, I did. You know that the scene with my birthday party was really me oh, coming into myself yeah. for the first time in true life. For the first time, me accepting mm-hmm. something for me mm-hmm. and not feeling so bad about it, and it was very hard. I did not want to come out of my room when the cameras were here. Now let's get into why, because you're you you're wearing this dress and you don't feel like you want to come out of your room. Why? I felt like I didn't, I, I didn't want all the attention. Mm-hmm. My self-esteem was very low from my past relationship. Mm-hmm. I felt very bad. And, you know, I had felt like, like I, I felt like somebody punched me in the stomach, mm-hmm. basically. And that's a feeling, you know, after a breakup where you have a broken heart that yeah. really doesn't go away. Yeah. And then leading, everything leading up to that breakup was very, it, it weighed very heavy on me. Yeah. And... Um, nothing against him. He's not a terrible person, and I want to because the girl uh, that was involved in the breakup is listening, and she'll send him this. Um, I want him to know he's a great guy, and he's not with that person. She was really nothing. And <laughs> but the thing is, it still hurt you. You were still hurt, but regardless. I was hurt. You were hurt, I was and hurt. Yeah, you were I was hurt. hurt. Yeah, and regardless I was very of hurt. you, regardless of what anybody else and how good or great anyone else is, you still had to deal with those feelings on a really important day. And oh, by the way, in front of cameras, that's a, that's a lot. And oh, no, by the way, like <laughs> I needed to get myself together. Yeah, I yeah. really needed to get myself together, and you know. There's nothing wrong. Him and I are friends, mm-hmm. and I'm over all that. Mm-hmm. And we've moved on, and I've become, you know, everything happens for a reason. I've become very successful since that relationship. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't have happened if I stayed in it. Do you <clears> think <throat> having been on the, the, the show, New Jersey Housewives, Housewives of New Jersey, that part of your growth was getting past this and getting yourself back together in, in a emotionally? A thousand percent. Yeah. A thousand percent. You know, the girls were so supportive to me, and that's something new in my life also. Mm-hmm. Like, I never, I wasn't the one to show weakness. I'm supposed to be a tough girl. You know, are you that, are you that kind of person that doesn't like to ask for help because you're the strong person? Yeah. You know? Yeah, I get that. Yeah, so for me, that was something new for me. Yeah. That was so new. I would stay alone 
before I would let somebody see me cry. Mm-hmm. And it's just the way it was. And at, and at 45, I'm not a kid. Right. So this was really something new to come into and say, okay, I have friends. These friends have the best intentions. For me, all season, I think the way I could put it the most is I never noticed the cameras. The cameras yeah. weren't there for me. Yeah. So you were just At yourself. All. And I think that's huge because if you think if you think about it, if you notice the cameras and you're going to start acting differently, like you're playing up towards something and someone. And I didn't, you know, once the cameras were down, something that I can disagree with, with, you know, my castmates, and I will tell you not Siggy, but um, <laughs> people right. call up and want to know what happened yeah. or something. Yeah. I don't like that. I don't want to know. When those cameras go down, mm-hmm. I don't want to remember what was said, what was done, what it's on to the next thing. Right. Because I don't want it to affect my next scene. So you're saying that a castmate from the show would call you letting you know what happened somewhere no, else? No, like oh. everybody calls each other like, oh, oh. how's it going? Yeah, you know, yeah, we get yeah. in trouble because it's curiosity, curiosity kills the cat. Absolutely. Well, it's also like, I think I feel like for the veterans that are on, have been on for, you know, seven, eight seasons, it could be a way to plant emotions. So I think what you're doing is smart by staying out of it. Well, I'm not, I'm not changing. Yeah. I will be this season. The only thing I'm difference between last season and this season is I'm going, I'm a lot stronger. Mm-hmm. Even people, when I meet them out, they're like, you look so different. Mm-hmm. It's in, like, I literally inside I've come in, you know, I've gotten stronger and I've gotten better and it shows. I walk with my head up and my shoulders back. And it's a big difference from that birthday scene. Well, I think it, it comes down to this. Um, you know, no matter how much pain you're in, no one else can actually take that away from you. You're the only person that can take that away from yourself. You're the right. only person. So it doesn't matter how much your friends or family love you, want to help you, or don't care about you. No one can actually take it away from you. You have to find the strength yeah. within yourself. You, you have to say... I can't be weak. Okay, I had my time to cry. Mm -hmm. I had my little moment. It's over. Get the hell up. I remember sitting on my steps Mm -hmm. right before the show. Mm -hmm. We were just casting, and Jacqueline's like, you know, come on. Mm -hmm. Like, snap out. Come on, Dolores. You know, I understand Jacqueline's so sweet, and she's so understanding. Even Teresa. Teresa just got home after not being home for a year. She was concerned about me. Yeah. In real life. Yeah. At the spa trip. I was getting text messages from this girl that was involved or whatever, and she was sending me all these past text messages about things that they did together Mm -hmm. just to torture me. And Melissa came in the room and she goes, are you okay? I know Mm -hmm. what's going on. Really? Off the camera. Yeah. Like Melissa was hurt for me. Yeah. There's a I lot of that fam- family, you know, friendship thing that I don't, I, yes. I think that pe- that viewers may not see, but it definitely comes off on camera. You can tell. It you comes know? off on camera, and I only see it in New Jersey. I'm not a bragger. Yeah. But if but I only see it in New Jersey. I'm going to have um, to kind of agree with you in that I, I I kind of don't see it the way you see it, but like knowing the people that I know, it seems like it's much more genuine. Um, the only other place I would see that would be the Shaw's of Sunset because I know those guys and they're yes. the same. You yeah, know? I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you there. And I love Reza. I was on Watch What Happens Live with him. <laughs> He's fat. And, you know, it's intimidating to be on Watch What Happens Live for the first time. Yeah, with Reza. I in front of cameras with a group of people. I'm in front of my boss. Yeah, you know? I know. So I know. It was I pretty get cool, it. and I was so glad it was Reza. Yeah, because he's, he's funny and he's easy. And my mom is such a big fan, and he even sent me an autographed picture for my mom. And she has that up in a frame, and not mine. Well, Reza is <laughs> so a good guy. Reza is a good guy. Yeah.
Hyatt, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Talking all things beauty from the skin to the soul. This is Glam Mirror with Dr. Taba Samir. Um, do you think part of your growth and growing was, um, you know, you were, you've been very, very open about you've had botched plastic surgery in the past and had to mm-hmm. come out on the other side. And I have to tell you, I thoroughly appreciate your honesty about this because I don't oh, think thank you. I as a you know, as somebody who's in this field as a physician, I see this all the time where celebrities will get something done and then hide it. And you have it's totally your prerogative if you want to hide it. But then don't make Absolutely. stories up, you know, don't make up stories stories about how you got that way. Don't tell people it's natural or it's puberty or it's childbirth or that's what frustrates me. So when somebody is open and honest with it, I appreciate that. And kudos to you. I'm open and honest for these reasons, Mm -hmm. because if I go through something and I'm honest about it, Mm -hmm. like talking about my breakup and all this other stuff that was going on, then maybe somebody listens to and goes, wow, I went through that too. I'm not the only one. Mm -hmm. Um, she's out of it. She came out on the other side. Why can't I? I could do it too. Yeah. And also so, the truth will set you free. Doesn't it make you feel better? Like just after you say it, you're like, yes, that wasn't so bad. But I wasn't raised like that. No. I ra- I was, you know, back in my day growing up mm. and especially culturally, you kept your business to yourself. Yeah. Oh and yeah. I think I almost go the opposite of that. Yeah. Because it was always so like everything had to be a secret and mm-hmm. don't talk about what goes on in the house. And so when I got divorced, I was, people didn't know I was divorced for years. Wow. When I would pick my kids up at school, they, no one knew I was divorced till I was there probably three or four years because I kept my business to myself. But then guess what? Mm-hmm. You limit yourself to meeting people and finding friends. And you, and, know, you, and you know what I think? Sometimes you don't give people a chance to show you what they're made of. You know, you don't give your friends a chance to show you what they're made of. And um, I've learned that a lot, too. Like, I grew up in a family that was very similar sounding, you know, to yours. We just kind of kept our business to ourselves. You know what I'm saying. Totally get it. And listen, I went through med school and I trained with men. So you you think I cried? No, I didn't. There was no whining. There was no crying. There was no complaining. You know, you just, you know, you, you're in the battlefield. And so I get it. Um, I had to right. learn later how to actually say, hey, guess what? I'm upset. I'm hurting. This. I'm upset. And I, um, I didn't do it because I felt like, oh, I can handle this. And then I just got to a point where I'm like, I don't have to handle it. Like, maybe there are actually people around me who would give me some sort of, you know, emotional who's support. Who's going to actually give you, who's yeah. going to say, oh, my God, I feel so bad or mm-hmm. it's okay. And it kind of like, it's a release when you do that. Yeah. So I want everybody to know that. And as far as the plastic surgery goes, yeah, you the best doctors in the world. Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't I want everyone to know? Yeah. I'm not trying to promote them. I want people to go to them so they don't have to go to, go to someone that's going to screw them up. Well, let's rewind because I think that's a very important point. I get so frustrated by hearing people coming, calling my office. And please don't ever do this if you're listening. Don't call my office saying, oh, well, I can get it for X amount of dollars at X place. Then go there. Don't don't look for a bargain, bargain when it comes to health care. But um, that being said, you about 12 years ago, you said you had your first set of um, implants, breast implants. Is that right? Could you take us through that? Yes, it was. It was. And it wasn't done right. Mm-hmm. And I and I had, um, you know, you ignore it for a while and then it starts to bother you because you can't wear certain things. And it was, you know, for me to be 
you know, I feel like I'm still young enough where I want to wear, where I could still have that age where I can wear things. It's not going to last much longer. I'm 45. Well, first of all, you are young enough for that. And one of the things you said is age has nothing to do with what you're going to, with when you're going to get plastic surgery. And I I totally agree with that. I'm just gonna. I you, wanted to wear my low cut stuff, and yeah. my my boobs were so saggy. I couldn't wear half my wardrobe, and that affected your confidence. Oh, a hundred percent. I it really did. So, um, I got the best. You know, I Doctor Ninestein was amazing. Mm-hmm. My face. I had jowls. Mm-hmm. Like, did you ever see my before and afters? I did. You look. You look fabulous. You know, Doctor Mark Carolac, mm-hmm. and I and my doctors are. Like they're true doctors because I don't know if you know I'm in, I'm a surgical assistant so you yeah. know what that is yes Not of course knows you know is, yeah but um so I know I know doctors mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. the, the good ones I know the bad ones I know the ones that are doctors because they love what they do mm-hmm. and that's what I look for yeah and I think that people need to understand that like here is a position that you were in where 12 years you kind of went through having felt bad about what you got done and then you yeah. finally and, and and people used to tell me when I was deciding what field to go into oh you're going to do cosmetic stuff that's so vain um, by the way there's nothing vain about feeling 100% amazing and confident about yourself and if a little bit of surgery done properly is going to help done you with that properly all, is going to help you yeah yeah yeah. Then all the power to you. Because mm-hmm. I have a lot of women women that come up to me and say, I want to do it, but I'm scared. And, okay. All right. You could be scared, and that's normal. Mm-hmm. And you should be scared. I mean, and everyone. When you're good and it, ready, you'll yeah. do it. If people aren't scared, that's concerning. But, you know, a proper amount of fear is normal with anything. But you got to, you know. Well, let me ask you. What advice would you give people now that you've gone through the botched bit and you've found a great doctor? What advice would you give people listening? The advice I give is to, if something's bothering you, if you look in the mirror every day and it bothers you in one way or another, then it's an issue and it's, and it's not good for your mental health to not feel good about what you see in the mirror. You have to change that. So, yeah, you have to feel good inside first, but it does. if you could do both, why not? So I would say to find the right doctor and just go, if you have something, just go for a consult mm-hmm. and then take it from there. And the but, doctor and mm-hmm. you have to really research these doctors also i think it comes down to it's it's very uh yeah when you say really research you're right but um you know obviously make sure that they're a doctor because i i know a lot of times people talk about these botched procedures and oftentimes they aren't even done by physicians so people are trying to get shortcuts and get discounts and they're going to people that aren't even medical physicians so please don't even think about you know then that's on you if you did that then that's on you (laughs) people spend more time researching what tv they're going to buy or what cell phone they're going to buy people spend more time researching what food they're going to give their pets than they do what surgeon they're going to pick what surgeon they're going to use and i heard that from a doctor oh it's the truth and you're hearing it from this one too frustrating for him yeah um and so the next thing is after you've done your research, I think that the bedside manner is huge, you know, because you kind of need to be with a physician who you feel comfortable explaining what it is you want done and knowing that they're going to listen. Am I right? And they need the patience. Yeah. A lot of doctors, they've become callous over the years. Mm-hmm. They don't have the patience. They're, yeah. The doc, when I went for my face, I was afraid. It was my face, you know? Yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so nervous. My mm-hmm. face, and mm-hmm. I keloid. I don't scar well. Mm-hmm. 
the whole time I'm thinking, so I go and see Dr. Carlack, and he was such a gentleman. He was like somebody, you, the boy next door. Mm-hmm. That's how I describe Dr. Carlack. Mm-hmm. So I said, oh, my God, mm-hmm. he's so nice. And and then I was like, well, he he gave me his cell phone number, and he's like, I promise you, if you want to talk, and his wife is a doctor, too. I met her. She was lovely. I mean, his demeanor and his, I just felt so good about him that when I left, all my fears were gone. Yeah. I couldn't find a bad thing about him. And, you know, I I thought he he was just amazing, and I'm happy with the results, and that was it. Then I go to Dr. Gruner for my butt lift. <laughs> There's nothing I missed. No, I don't know if you know No, that. no, no. But that's good. I mean, God bless. You know, one of the things you, we mentioned earlier is you said age has nothing to do when you're going to get it. I remember when I first started my medical practice, I was in my 20s, and I would get women who were literally late 30s, early 40s, and they would come in. And this is just 10 years ago. And they would come in, and they would say to me, oh, I know I'm too young for Botox, but what? No, I'm not kidding. And let me finish. And other times they would say to me, oh, I'm just going to wait till I'm 50 and get a facelift. And over the past 10 years, that has changed so much. I remember when they would say that, thinking to myself, I've got girls in here who are 28 who are getting Botox. They're getting a leg up on you. They're not doing it crazy. They're just preventative. So I remember thinking, why does everybody think that they're too young if it's going to help you in that moment? Yeah, there is no number no. for this, and I no, think that people I don't believe so. People feel that by the getting the stuff done, it means that they're old. I mean, I'm talking, I'm prefacing all this with you need to make sure you're a candidate and it's going to help you and it's not going to harm right. you. I mean, listen, mm-hmm. I want. I mean, if you look at my before and after, let's face it, I needed it. Mm-hmm. Okay, why should I walk around like that? I did not like the way I look. <laughs> I don't want to look in the mirror and see that. Yeah, well, so, you feel great now, so. I feel I, I feel great. Now I have anxiety about so much stuff I'm doing. That's just another conversation. We'll yeah, get to that. We'll get to that. But, <laughs> well, but the but the plastic surgery, I'll tell you, mm-hmm. women have really barked at me. Like, you are four wait, what was I, forty three? It was forty four I'm forty four. Forty four. Okay. You were forty four or forty five. you're you're so young. Why'd you do that? And they it's almost like like, they try to make me feel bad about it. Well, I have to tell you, I feel... And then I whip out my picture. Mm-hmm. I'm like, here, you want to make, you want to tell me now I didn't need it? No. Well, this is the thing. I feel like plastic surgery is sort of like the last form of... Like, not the last, but a form of bullying in terms of people making fun of you or criticizing you for doing it. It's a very personal thing. And if you have the right emotional and mental um, place, you're at the right place emotionally and mentally. Um and you decide to get it done, and you go through proper channels, nobody should criticize you for it. Um, and, and doing so, I feel, is bullying. You know? I really do. Right. So remember yeah. that the next time someone says you've been, you're have been you too young. Be like, you know what? That's your opinion. I actually had a, a, a wife come in, and her husband said to her, I don't want you to get this done because you look fine. And right. she said, well, your bald spot looks fine. <laughs> but if you <laughs> wanted to fix it, <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> So uh, um, tell a woman she can have what she wants right. because it's just going to happen. Right. So back to the housewives again. How, what did your kids think of it? Like you've got you know a son and a daughter. My kids are so on. Gabrielle, mm-hmm. as you know, and you will understand fully what she's going through because of your background, mm-hmm. Gabrielle is studying for her TREs and oh, she's nice. trying to get into vet school. Oh, good for her. So, so she's busy. She's so busy and she's so overwhelmed and so inundated. And this to her, like, 
the couple times she had to come home and film, she would call up the producers and be like, excuse me, I have a test on this and this. I, you have two hours. I could get home from Delaware, but then I have to get back. Yeah. And they're like, we'll send you a ride. She's like, I'll take my own car. No, thank you. Yeah, because you if know. you get a ride with them, you don't know when you're going home. <laughs> Gabrielle does not mess around. And this is like all about me because they're they're older now. Now, Frankie, mm-hmm. um, and I thought Frankie would want to be want more camera time also. Mm-hmm. And Frankie winds up like he's just trying to like his school and his stock market and mm-hmm. his making money. He's so much more into right now. Frankie's in on his way to New York for an audition for a modeling or something. Wow, like that. Wow, look at that. Well, good, but, good um, luck to him. <laughs> yeah, so they were just like, yeah. they saw me stressed out at times because yeah. we, there was a lot of pressure. Yeah, I mean, is. as much as I it was positive, I would sit on my, you know, on my kitchen, at my kitchen table and I'd look at my kids and I'd go, I'm not going to make this. Um, they don't like me. You know, and I wasn't talking about my friends. I was thinking, um, is everyone going to like, like, are they going to like what I see? And like, because a lot of times, because I wasn't involved in the drama and I was a peacemaker and I was diplomatic and nothing was going to change me from that. Mm-hmm. So what, what it was mostly was how many times I said to my kids, I don't think they like me. I don't think I'm going to make it. I don't think I'm going to be a full-time housewife because we started as friends of. Yeah. And that was my biggest stress this season, not filming, not the cast, mm-hmm. whether or not I had what it took. And you know what? By the end, I didn't care anymore. Yeah. I said I didn't sell out. I didn't change because I wanted this or I didn't want this. I just stayed who I am. Siggy did the same. And that was it. And I have to tell you, not caring is the way you probably made it. It is the way I made it. Yeah. It is because when they care too much, and as you could see with, you know, in the past, when things don't work, mm-hmm. it's because they care too much. Mm-hmm. They tried to do something that they thought everybody would want to say. I, so uh-huh. that's what I, th- that's only my opinion. I don't know. I think you're 100% right. And I think that, you know, just hearing, this is the probably the most amazing conversation I've had with anybody about being on a reality Aww. show because <laughs> it actually was cathartic and it helped you grow and you kept yourself together and you kept yourself worth together. And it comes even across. At, even at a time where I was low and on my self-esteem, I still, and, and, and being a full-time housewife would have been like, yeah, show everybody, mm-hmm. like, look, who, look at me now. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I, overacting. I, couldn't, I didn't want to change who I was for it. And whoever, like I said, stay true to yourself and it'll always work out. Absolutely. Because you look in the mirror that I have to say, and you can figure out something else to do. Yeah. Um, about the reunion, what was the most memorable part? Cause it was a pretty heavy duty reunion. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I okay, want to. So. I'm going to ask you a question about something Teresa said when we're finished, and it has to do. Well, first, let me let you ask answer what you think the most memorable part was, because it was pretty intense. Okay, the most memorable part was Siggy and I didn't know what to expect. Right. We had no clue what we were. Wa- it was like walking into the lion's den. Uh huh. And. We go and, you know, we're happy. Everybody, we're like, well, we have our pretty dresses on, our makeup scene. I had, I had like a dressing room with a star on it that said my name. I'm like, where at? Like, this is like surreal to me. This is all so cute. I took a picture of it, sent it to my mom. I uh-huh. have it hanging in my room. It's just a little printout paper. It's nothing. But it really <laughs> felt good because I felt like I was, a co- like I accomplished it. I made it. Right. You know? Of course, I get it. And me and Siggy are laughing and she's like, getting her hot flashes and then and then everybody's happy and then 
all of a sudden we go and Siggy and I's asses didn't hit the couch and they start going at it. Right. They start going at it. Because they know what to do, you know. And I was like, whoa. Well, I go, and and you can hear me. Yeah. Say, right out of the box, Siggy. Here we go. Yeah. Well, Teresa and and Jacqueline went at it. Yeah. They went at it the whole time. The whole time. Even to the point where they had to stop, cameras are down, and um, production got involved and told them to knock it off. And they wouldn't. It was like, my pit bulls fight. I have, yeah. you know, I have five rescue pit bulls. And sometimes when they fight, mm-hmm. it's like you can't pull them apart. And you'll pull them apart and then they're looking at each other and they go back at each other. That's what I, that was my, that's my analogy. Yeah, absolutely. It came across that way. And there was something that Teresa said that I think everybody's dying to know if this is going to happen. Is Danielle Straub coming back? Because that was a pretty big bomb that Teresa said. Um, on the reunion, do you have? Did that well, surprise you, or do you know anything more? Um, you... uh, well, it's been talk of. Yeah, there's talk of. Um, there's nothing. There's no. There's no filming date mm-hmm. yet. Mm-hmm. There is no. But because this year has gotten like such a good response, the mm-hmm. numbers are as high as they are, mm-hmm. and and. Um, it, it really, really, the show made an amazing comeback from what it was. It did. It, it did. did. Mm-hmm. That, um, I, I mean, I don't know, but I think they should start filming soon. I'm yeah. hoping. Yeah. Because things, I'm in the mode. Like, yeah. you know, when you were, yeah. you were studying. Yeah. And you were in the mode. You don't break, you don't want to break that. Like, I'm ready to go. I don't yeah. want to sit around. And everybody's, you know, they're still going from the emotions from the show, which shouldn't stop. Everyone should see what's going on. Because so many people relate to it. Would you feel nervous or anxious if she came on, Danielle? Um, I don't give a crap about anybody. Yeah, you're just going to do you. Uh, yeah, and you know, um, she, I know she really wants to. I, I can't say anything about Danielle because I've never had a personal yeah. interaction with her other than the fact that I was on before her and uh, then I wasn't on and then she got on. Mm-hmm. So. She's not somebody I would typically pick up the phone and hang out with. Mm-hmm. However, I can be in the same room and film, sure. Mm-hmm. But I know she wants to do it very badly. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see if that happens. But, you know, you guys have a good thing going here. And just beyond all that, it's just to talk with you and get to know you um, more personally is what I wanted because everyone can watch the TV and get their own opinion from it. But I kind of felt like, you know, there's a lot more about you that I wanted to, to talk about. And I'm really happy that you were just so open and answering all the questions and being so open in general. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, you know, whatever. I Like I said, I put my life out there because I, I don't want anybody to think like it's something it's not. I want people to learn from my experiences because if I went through it, it shouldn't be in vain. Let somebody else, if somebody else could get help from it and know you're going to come out on those. Like I get a lot of mm-hmm. women contacting me and you know, my biggest thing is in my whole life, and this is my biggest thing and I've said it on TV is I don't have a formal education. Mm-hmm. So it has felt less than growing up. But I don't want people, like I want women from my generation not to feel that way. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people that I grew up with, they didn't go to college. It wasn't that big of a deal back then mm-hmm. in 1988. Yeah. In my area, anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Well, so, you know, um, everything you've done since then is 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 just beyond, you know. So I'm a frustrated nurse. <laughs> I know I don't have the the brains to be a doctor. I I can't even be a nurse, but but boy, would I like to at least <laughs> I want to be. A you nurse. like that needle in your hand, huh? <laughs> I um, want to be a nurse so bad. Like when I meet nurses, I'm like. Oh, you're so lucky you're a nurse. <laughs> oh, no, you have it pretty good, too. Trust me. You're all right. You're going to be fine. Thank you. <laughs> you were so great to, to meet you and talk to you, and I'm going to actually well, meet you. Well, I better see you later. Yeah, I we're going to meet later. And, and maybe you can give me give me some ideas for Gabby and can you help got her. It. Give her some I would be and, happy to. Maybe we could get and, Gabby uh, on and have a, have a question to answer from her herself, huh? <laughs> um, and, and definitely, you know, one of these days we're going to get, you know, Siggy and James and us together and we'll do that. Um, we'll do that. Soon. Oh, my God. That's my dream. <laughs> It'll happen. Can we do that? Yeah, absolutely. We're going to do it. What's your email? Sorry, not your email. What's your social media for people listening as in case they don't know? Oh, OK. Um, it's uh, my Instagram is sure. Dolores Catania. Mm hmm. And my Facebook is also. Yeah, pretty easy to find. (laughs) Thank you so much for taking the time out. I know you had car issues, but, you know, we made this happen. So thank you. We made this happen. (laughs) Things always work out. They do. But but you have to make it happen with James and Siggy. You got it. Consider it done, okay? (laughs) Deal. All right. And I will make the time. All right. Thank you you so much. See you later. Bye. Thank you. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.